amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Welcome to the Pet Owner Diary Podcast, a show about helping you become a better pet parent. In each episode, we deliver raw, honest, funny, and insightful advice on how to be a great pet parent for any type of pet. Now, here's your host, America's Pet Owner Coach, Janelle Young. Welcome, welcome, pet family, and I hope you're having a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of the Pet Owner Diary Podcast. I am your host, America's Pet Owner Coach, Janelle Young. And today's episode, I'm going to give you my take on what are the differences of being a pet owner versus a pet parent. And I'm sure many of you didn't probably think of it, but there are some critical distinctions. And then we're also be talking some much to know facts about pet ownership, the cost of it, as well as what some of the benefits. So without further ado, it'll just be you and I for this hour. So According to the APPA, and for those that don't know who they are, they are the American Pet Product Association. They usually do an annual national pet owner survey. And so just in the U.S. alone, it equates to almost 91 million homes have some type of pet. And it's even broken down based upon households. Of course, Dogs come out on top with 69 million. Cats are at number two with 45.3. And then, you know, we have bird at 9.9, horse 3.5 million. And then we round it out with fresh water fish at 11.8 million. And that pretty much gives you your top five. For those of you that weren't aware, Pet ownership by generation, primarily we have the millennials now are the new largest pet ownership group, followed by Generation X, then Generation Z, and then we round up with Baby Boomer. So the incredible variety of what pets become is so important. And for many of us, we may see ourselves as a pet owner or pet parent or something in between. So what are some of those differences? I'm glad you asked. So my personal definition of a pet owner is someone that owns a pet. There's really no distinctive. They can be a part of the family. They may not be. Primarily, they look at pet ownership as the pet being some sort of property or object. And usually that particular pet may have a specific task. We see a lot of that, for example, in various countries that usually have a dog that's out fishing with them, out hunting, for example, or even you'll see a number of dogs that actually even herd sheep. 
But here in the U.S., a lot of those responsibilities are not the majority of what households are. So I have about four or five takes of possibly my difference between the pet owner and a pet parent. So number one, a pet owner has no has personal space issues. Pet parents do not. So for example, would you ever kick your child out of your bed because you wanted to have some space to yourself? Now, even you and I know that's relative. Sometimes we do have to tell our human children that, you know, mommy or daddy uh, needs some alone time. There is a good chance you probably wouldn't. Even though you would, you would be careful to set some boundaries at any time. If that baby runs to your bed to sleep with you because they're scared like of a thunderstorm or you simply can't fall asleep without you there, that's what parents do, right? Pet owners do have a problem with this, right? Because their dogs are usually um, not allowed in their beds or even on their furniture. This means um, they can sleep well knowing that, for example, Cujo could come out couldn't come out. Um, some of us have our dogs or cats and carriers, for example. But people who have or consider themselves pet parents, they see that the pet has equal share uh, to their part of their home and they love it. They love how their pet interacts. Where someone that's a pet owner would have more boundaries and more designated areas for their pets to be at. So number two, pet owners, they have vets. Pet parents know their vet as their dog's doctor. So why is that such a big difference? So a pet owner is satisfied in finding any type of vet that addresses their needs and that they can book appointment. Pet parents, on the other hand, go to very, very detailed and comprehensive links to find that their pet is the right fit for their particular doctor and vice versa. They make sure that they have personal relationships with their vet. They also tend to have their vet on speed dial or at least their office. And usually they feel comfortable going to their vet, not only for their medical needs, but sometimes many vets have boarding grooming, and they seem very comfortable to not only entrust that particular doctor, but they also entrust the staff themselves. If you're also the kind of person that uses, for example, pet insurance during your vet, then you are a pet parent, right? Because you tend to want to make sure that your dog or cat or bird or even your small animal is getting the best care appropriate, you're more likely to allow more exploratory tests, especially if there's something that can't be resolved. And then usually the pet parent is more willing, depending on the expense, uh, to carry on sometimes certain medications and or surgeries. So not to say that a pet owner doesn't think about that, but they tend to be more flexible or maybe due to limited cost, they may work with, uh, for example, a company that goes to different locations and offer limited services. 
Number three, pet lovers love pets. Pet parents think their pet is the world's best pet ever, right? And we see that so prevalent in so many ways um, on social media. So a typical pet lover or owner is someone who loves animals in general. They may or may not have some direct responsibility to that pet, but in general, like many of us, we feel warm and fuzzy that our particular pet or a pet that we see on TV or social media really makes our day, right? They have the tendency to be drawn to them by the mere fact they are animals. However, pet parents have the same tendency, but they're also have an inherent bias that ties them to their own pets or that particular species. Now, how many of you can say that you've looked at your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed and you're maybe more prone to a particular type of breed of dog? for example, and is usually maybe a reflection of your own dog. I know for me personally, you know, I'm probably a little bit biased when it comes to poodles because I've had them for so many years. I understand how they work and how they eat and also what are some of the unique traits about them. If you're thinking that way, whether you have a hedgehog, a guinea pig, or even, you know, your typical tabby cat, you're most likely a pet parent because usually you're reading everything you're wanting to know, you're communicating with other people, you're building relationships within those communities. And those people are typically pet parents. Pet owners, they may not feel that that's such a critical process in their family. They also tend to say, hey, you know, I'm doing this lots of times for my kids because my kids, they really want that dog or cat or hamster. So that's just a few things to kind of think of on that take. So usually um, pet parents, you're biased to their own pets or that particular breed. They also believe that their dog or cat or bird, whichever pet they may have is the absolute best and nothing's in comparison. And I mean, they are, I love it. Pet parents are usually over the top about their dog or their cat, snake or bird, whatever it may be. And they're proud of it. I mean, where have we ever come in a time of history now that people don't even feel that they should take images or selfies of themselves they find it more exciting to kind of chronicle lodge that through pictures or videos of their pets. And you know, whether they have human kids or not, that pet takes place in an important role in their family. And they just want to share that with others as well. And pet family will be right back as we're talking more about pet owners versus pet parents. What's the difference? Nava Pets, we know how important your furry companions are. So, we want to help keep them happy and healthy. Our organic hemp products are specially formulated to enhance the well-being of your beloved pet. But don't worry, our hemp supplements don't contain any of the psychedelic stuff. 
So, your animal will receive all the health benefits and still be the pet you know and love. Your furry friend is sure to enjoy the organic pet hemp tincture, which infuses anti-inflammatory plant properties and omega fatty acids, providing for a more mobile and energetic pet while also assisting with any chronic pain or medical conditions your pet may be experiencing. Our hemp products also give a natural calming effect, perfect for the continuous barkers or those stressed out cats. We also offer a range of flavors, including bacon, peanut butter, and salmon. What's not to love? At NavaPets.com, you can spoil your pet with goodness. Treat your pet like they treat you. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. We all know that a dog is man's best friend, but why stop there? We think that all pets make our lives a little easier, whether it's a cat, gecko, or even a horse. We want to learn what makes your pet so special to you. Maybe they have an eccentric personality or even give good cuddles. Whatever it is, we want to hear about it. After all, our pets deserve a moment in the spotlight. Why not share an interesting story about your pet with our host, pet coach, Janelle Young. No matter how big or small, we'd love to hear from you on the Pet Owner Diary Show. We're looking for the next pet celebrity, superstar, or that unique animal story for TV and radio. If you believe your pet has the it factor, then call our pet line at 407-906-5712 or email us at petownerdiary at gmail.com. The possibilities are endless. Maybe you and your pet will be our next featured weekly guest on TV or radio. Let's give our pets the attention they deserve. So, Pet Family, we are back and we're having a wonderful discussion about what's the difference of being a pet owner or pet parent. And as I'm going through these different pointers, please know this is my personal opinion. And certainly, we all can be open for debate. But usually, a lot of these characteristics tend to be what we see as a pet parent and as a pet owner. It's been also with a lot of my experience and also treating other treating other pets for illnesses or are needing special food requirements for a particular product. And so these are just some generalities. We all believe that pet ownership is so important and so much needed. So either way, whether you're a pet parent or a pet owner, I'm glad that you're part of the family. So without further ado, let's go on to step number four. Pet lovers can watch pet movies with sad endings. Pet parents tend to avoid them. 
While it is true that pet lovers or pet owners find it difficult to watch animal movies with sad endings, they can suffer through them. However, when a pet parent watches a pet movie with a sad ending for the pet in question, they tend to bawl their eyes out or just simply avoid watching it altogether. So I want you to think about that because you're probably saying, well, you know, Janelle, I, I can watch a pet movie and still cry. This is just to say for some of us, if there's a specific dog or cat that kind of reminds you of your own, you tend not to do that. I know for me, as many of you know, that uh, my dog passed away there's certain movies that him and I would watch together that I just avoid altogether. Uh, I don't want anything to do with it because I emotionally can't handle it because the memory of me being with him and what that's about. Also, it may be a particular type of movie that kind of triggers maybe an animal that's passed away in your life or maybe you're dealing with an animal right now that's having a long-term illness and maybe watching a particular movie that kind of triggers that. Usually, sometimes um, that's also hard. So it's just a generality. It doesn't necessarily have to be a movie. It could be actual song that you listen to or just a TV show in general. Usually, the end result is pet parents have a strong emotional attachment to their particular pet more so than someone that would see them as a pet owner. And so that also affects your lifestyle. So that's really what I'm trying to highlight uh, on step four. Step number five, pet owners have selfies with their pet. Pet parents have collages. As a pet owner, you may take the occasional selfie with your animal, while a pet parent will have entire albums, collages, but now we all seem to transition to more digital platforms. So usually I would say uh, a pet parent would definitely be one that sees that their own dog or cat or bird should have their Instagram page. I mean, we're just caught up with the phenomenon. And as you many have heard of many of my episodes of pet superstars and also their parents, I love to see that. And that's what I would consider a pet parent having a collage, right? They can't stop talking about their pet. They want people to know what all their pets are doing, whether doing something cute and adorable as getting that favorite toy or even someone that may have a dog or cat that's actually watching TV. And yes, pet family, there are a few pets out there that do watch TV and have their own collage or suggestive movies or shows that they prefer. So whenever you think about that and that selfie, are you asking yourself, do I have such a collage or do I have just the occasional photo or video. And most of us would agree if you are a pet parent, whether you post them on social media or not, you have a collage on your phone. I know I'm totally guilty of that, but I will say I don't um, feel embarrassed by that because now that my, my beloved pet has gone on um, to heaven, I do believe that 
those are memories that I can look back and, and it brings such good times to me, right? So even though I may be missing my pet or maybe you are missing your pet, you always have those videos and images. While there is a difference between being a pet owner and pet parent, the truth is that no matter what time of day before any pet owner becomes a pet parent, it only takes meeting that one special pet. And so what I want to say with that is that we're all pet lovers. And whether you're a pet owner or pet parent, when you're when you become a pet owner or you transition from owner to parent, you really do know the difference. The language is different. You're saying that's my fur baby. That's my fur child. Some people say that's my kid with four legs. Those are terms that lots of us use that are pet parents. Um, I know that when you think of a pet parent, it's someone that always includes their pet in a conversation. And so you're thinking about that next vacation is, is the place we're going to. Do they have a pet friendly hotel or a pet friendly campsite? You know, those are, are, are terms that a lot of people do use who happen to be pet parents. And that's a big difference for someone that may be looked at by definition as a pet owner. Another thing I found when it comes to food selection, right? A pet parent tends to go out their way to make sure usually two types of things. One, they want to make sure that their pet is living as long and healthy as possible. So they don't mind spending a few more dollars to making sure that they're getting the best nutritional meal. Secondly, the term now that's coming out, it's really popular is pet humanization. And so basically we're humanizing what our pet should or should not be doing. And so usually we tend to want our pet to live the same type of lifestyle that we do. And so that's why you'll see plant-based dog food or cat food, or you'll see uh, vegetarian type choices. Um, so those are all type of pet humanization products that we've seen. And so pet owners tend to say, okay, I'm providing the basics for my dog or cat. Doesn't mean that they're sliding them. It just means that the premium type foods, they may not see any added value or added nutrients where more of your, I would say, typical or um, lower end, more cost effective foods, it seems to do the trick as well. So those are just a few scenarios. And I'm sure as you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering yourself um, how where do you rate yourself? So pet family, we're going to be right back and we'll finish up on are you a pet owner or a pet parent? Stay tuned. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, 
working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And pet family, we are back. We're having a dialogue about pet owners versus pet parents. What is the difference? I also want to um, highlight, as I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the podcast, about pet families in general, right? We have over 90 million homes that have invited a pet. And so I wanted to provide a few tips as well as some interesting data of what that is, right? So pet ownership, when you look at it, 90 over 90 million, but when you look at it among states, you'll actually be surprised. So pet ownership not only varies across states, but their popularity of different breeds varies from state to state, right? So for example, Wyoming, I bet you didn't know, has the highest rate of pet ownership, but relatively low rate of dog and cat ownership. And it's likely due because of popularity of horses in this particular region. In 80% of the states, over half of the households included one, at least one pet. Wyoming households are the most likely to include pets. Households in Montana, for example, are most likely to include dogs. So that says the households in Montana are most likely dogs. And households, for example, in West Virginia are most likely to include cats. So some of our top five states overall is Wyoming is number one. Number two is West Virginia. Number three is Vermont. Four is Idaho and five is Indiana. And then we look at Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Texas, and Oklahoma are among the top 10 states when it comes to dog ownership. Washington State, Kentucky, Indiana, New Hampshire are among the top 10 states in cat ownership. Rhode Island 
households are the least likely to include cats and the least likely to include any kind of pet. So for those of you that have family members or friends that are wanting, where should I go that doesn't have a lot of pets, Rhode Island may be your perfect home. <laughs> Households in Connecticut, for example, are the least likely to include a dog. So I know that was kind of unusual and I'm based here out of Florida. So I was actually surprised to see that we didn't even make it in the top 10. So what are the benefits of pet ownership? So many medical and healthcare professionals, they all endorse uh, pet companionship, whether it's that cuddling dog or cat. Sometimes it could be fish that provide a calming effect. These are all different types of pets. They all have some sort of therapeutic or relaxing alternative for yourself. So here's just a few examples how the benefits of pet ownership. Maybe this is the first time you've listened to our podcast and you're right on the fence about getting a pet. I do hope after listening to a few of these wonderful examples, you'll say, okay, I think it is time. Number one, pet ownership correlates with reduced blood pressure. So I'm sure many of you who do suffer with blood pressure, it is like the number two silent killer, especially here in the U.S., um, certainly something to consider. Number two, your cholesterol, your triglyceride levels are much lower with pet ownership in comparison to people who don't have pets. Number three, pet owners engage in more physical activity in exercise than the average person. Now, I will put a disclaimer. If you're a type of person that is not walking your dog um, or you're not active with your pet, then that would not reflect that. Um, we want to make sure that all of our pets are active and that they're being fed certainly with a mindset of balance. Uh, that's definitely important. Number four, Companion animals and animal therapy help with depression and anxiety management. We see a lot of that, especially for people that do suffer with mental, mental illness. Um, we also see that a lot, such as depression, and we usually see them as, you know, your support service dogs for those that have more severe uh, symptoms with, with mental health. Number five is anecdotal evidence shows pets reduce feelings of loneliness and increase socialization with other humans. I know this is huge because we saw a lot of that, especially with COVID-19. I saw studies that actually pet ownership, pet adoption actually increased as much as 35% because a lot of people were wanting that extra person, extra pet, fur baby, whatever you call it, um, to help with increasing socialization, right? Because for many of us, uh, we were locked down for a number of months. And even if you're listening to this podcast and you're out of the U.S., many of our neighboring countries, they've been on lockdown for a long time. 
even over a year, some even today. And so we find that having companion pets do help with the loneliness and also help us with our own socialization in addition to those communication or platforms we do virtually. Number six, observation of an aquarium fish in addition to easing to anxiety appears to reduce also the perception of pain. So for my friends out there that are are fish advocates, they love having a large aquarium or even if you just have a small bowl in your in your room, this also helps with easing anxiety and perhaps pain, but like anything else, it helps increase that socialization and loneliness, especially during those times that we all cannot be on the phone or we all can't uh, be on a Zoom call, for example. So that's good to know. Number seven, research also indicates that a relaxing effect of aquarium may limit to hyperactivity in children. Wow, what a wonderful and affordable way of offering that if that is something for your children. For example, we found that a Purdue study concluded that daily exposure to aquarium eases even symptoms for people who may have Alzheimer in their family. Patients who spent time daily observing Aquarium fish experience improvements and quality of life to Alzheimer's sufferers who did not spend 30 minutes each day with the fish tank. We found that uh, aquariums can also um, improve cognitive function uh, with Alzheimer patients. I also will extend that to even patients that have uh, cognitive disorders. And then also um, the aquarium influence helped Alzheimer patients actually eat uh, a greater appetite, 21 uh, percent more than someone on average, which was about 17. So we're finding that so many of our pets really provide wonderful options for us, whether uh, mentally, uh, whether as companions, or even that factor as just having an extra member of your family. So being all that said, what is the cost of owning a pet. And that certainly varies depending on the type. Um, we found that the pet industry is one of the largest in the world. Um, when it comes just on pet food alone, it's a $95 billion industry. And we find that historically spending for pets seems to unaffect anyone's economy performance. A pet owner spends, uh, spending on their pets have steadily increased in each and every area except for actual purchase of live animals. Um, and that's a lot has to do with because we have such increased awareness of animal shelters and uh, pet adoption centers. And because especially here in the U.S., we're such strong advocates of that, we find that people tend to go that route uh, as well. So how on average do they spend? They spend about $1,126 is the average amount that pet owners pay within their household. And 40% of that budget goes towards food and treats. 
and Pat family will be right back and we're going to finish up closing thoughts on pet owners versus pet parents. Nava Pets, we know how important your furry companions are. So, we want to help keep them happy and healthy. Our organic hemp products are specially formulated to enhance the well-being of your beloved pet. But don't worry, our hemp supplements don't contain any of the psychedelic stuff. So, your animal will receive all the health benefits and still be the pet you know and love. Your furry friend is sure to enjoy the organic pet hemp tincture, which infuses anti-inflammatory plant properties and omega fatty acids, providing for a more mobile and energetic pet while also assisting with any chronic pain or medical conditions your pet may be experiencing. Our hemp products also give a natural calming effect, perfect for the continuous barkers or those stressed out cats. We also offer a range of flavors, including bacon, peanut butter, and salmon. What's not to love? At NavaPets.com, you can spoil your pet with goodness. Treat your pet like they treat you. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We all know that a dog is man's best friend. But why stop there? We think that all pets make our lives a little easier. Whether it's a cat, gecko, or even a horse, we want to learn what makes your pet so special to you. Maybe they have an eccentric personality or even give good cuddles. Whatever it is, we want to hear about it. After all, our pets deserve a moment in the spotlight. Why not share an interesting story about your pet with our host, pet coach Janelle Young. No matter how big or small, we'd love to hear from you on the Pet Owner Diary Show. We're looking for the next pet celebrity superstar or that unique animal story for tv and radio if you believe your pet has the it factor then call our pet line at 407-906-5712 or email us at petownerdiary at gmail.com the possibilities are endless maybe you and your pet will be our next featured weekly guest on tv or radio let's give our pets the attention they deserve Well, thank you, pet family, for hanging out with me as we're wrapping up. We're talking about pet parents and pet owners and what is the difference. And we're also talking about what are some of the added benefits and costs 
uh, about pet ownership. And so before our break, I was talking about the average pet owner spends about $1,126. We know that 40% of that budget goes towards food and treats. Um, that is often varies because it depends on whether you prefer to spend on specialty and premium foods as well as dietary trends. We see that a lot. Um, and with this figure, it's so appropriate. 35.7% of a pet owner's annual budget goes towards medical and veterinarian care. That includes many of the procedures that cost more, uh, tend to be more for dogs and cats. We also can include that almost 35.7% uh, also includes those who um, provide preventative care. And that could be in pet supplements, whether they're in tablets, pills, or, or chews. So most uh, pet health care procedures, as I said, cost more than dogs. 68% of dog owners said they would keep their pet spending the same no matter what happens with the economy. I know that is definitely contribute towards the fact of that pet parent mindset, right? When someone is a part of your family, you just don't leave them astray. Um, you're there for them through thick and thin, even in sickness and health. And so with many of us have adopted that mindset of being a pet parent, we know our name of our dog. We know what type of breed they are, how old. We know their medical conditions. They are a intricate part of our lives. And so food for thought would be is as pet parents, we do make that shift in our thinking from pet owner to pet parent, right? We think of ourselves differently. Our primary role in the relationship with our pet is we're the we're the alpha person. We are the parent. They're looking for us for discipline, for commands. They're looking for us to feed them. They're looking for us to give them guidance. We're responsible to be informed and educated and loving in all what we do for our pet. Our pet benefits from our shift in thinking from owner to parent. And they do, they know that because they respond accordingly, whether it's that licking you in your face, or if it's you have a cat, if it's that purring next to you and wanting to cuddle, they're showing that appreciation and saying, hey, I really cherish what you do for me. The shift needs to be intentional, always authentic, because pets know the difference. I kind of joke with myself um, in the industry, we're one of the few that you really can't uh, deceive your audience because even though the primary audience is the parents, but they look to the pet themselves to see if they like your product or not. And so they're like children. They either do or they don't. Um, there is that level of innocence that they really can't be manipulated. And I love it. So I also know that we must remember when I first started in this podcast, considering you want always to have a good and strong relationship with your pets. You want to also make sure that you make a conscious effort to make sure that they eat well, that they exercise, and also that you're providing that time spent with them, those social needs as well, because the benefit is definitely mutual. 
Um, it's not very hard to change from pet owner to pet parent, but it's definitely a conscious effort. And so you say, how can I make that conscious effort? Well, the conscious effort is, is that pet part of your family? And if they are a part of your family, are you aware what you do for your kids? Do you do for your pets in their perspective roles? And when I say that is, is that no, the, the pet uh, biologically is not uh, related to you, but the pet, I would say, making that commitment, whether you purchased the pet or adopted the pet, is that you're taking that oath that um, you are there for that pet through sickness and health and that you're there for the long term. So my hope is that others would start viewing themselves as pet parents and make those conscious effort to address themselves all the time. And it actually what's wonderful about it you're you're in a huge community that supports that. I mean, it goes without saying. I mean, um, I even did a special tribute for, you know, uh, for pet moms and pet dads. You know, we didn't think so at one time, maybe 20, 30 years ago. But now we're seeing that it is so much of today's cultural to be a pet parent. It's almost as if, you know, you very rarely hear someone that doesn't really have pets um, because it's it's huge. It's a huge number. We continually to grow and we definitely show our strength in the numbers. I also want you to think about how you perceive yourself with the relationship with your pet more and more. You say people will refer themselves as a pet parent, they generally and already are. And you want to think about that because even in places we see now, I mean, yappy hours, people are like, well, what's a yappy hour? Well, it's actually an event that you can take your dog, for example, and whether you're with a friend, your husband, significant other, or your wife, you can actually take your dog and go out for a nice glass of wine or, or a big glass of um, craft beer. But just so you know, these are things that you can do interactively day to day. Being a pet parent is so much more rewarding than being a pet owner. And let me tell you, your pet will thank you. I want you to know, pet family, that I don't take for granted that you listen to this channel, please check us out every Sunday at 2 p.m. on Biz Talk Radio. I will see you same time, same place next week. Take care now. Thank you for joining us on Pet Owner Diary. Make sure to visit our website, PetOwnerDiary.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, view show highlights, and download each episode via SoundCloud. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app too, so you and your pet never miss an episode. Pet family, if you like what you hear, please share on your social media and tell a friend to tune in. On behalf of America's pet owner coach, Janelle Young, we wish you love, peace, and harmony with your pet. We'll catch you in the next episode. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.